Hey listeners, welcome to The Doctor and the Dork. This is Frank here with our co-hostess Olivia. Hello everybody. You guys ready for episode 32? Are we ready for episode 32? We're certainly <laughs> never ready, alright? <laughs> That's good. Just supposed uh, to... Oh, you didn't write anything extra on our weekend review? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, we are not We did not have much of a weekend 32. review. Um, alright, want me to kick us off? Yeah, go for it. Um, hello everybody. We'd like to start this episode by giving a shout out to Ron, who is Don's friend. And he, one, sent us an email. Thank you, Ron. You are our first non-family member email that we have received. And two, he left a review on Apple Podcasts, which I'm just wondering why more of you are not leaving reviews. <laughs> if we can have a guest who has his friend write a five-star review, how come our own friends can't write us a five-star review? Yeah, we're talking to you, Matt, Deirdre, Sean, Jotty, Jen. Yeah. 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 I mean, one or two of you guys might have, because we I mean, do Jen, have five reviews. Jen, Jen has written in. Yeah. yeah, but she I don't know if she left a five-star well, review on no, Apple Podcasts. But she also hasn't emailed us, has she? No, she has no. not emailed us. Yeah, come on, Jen. Got to step your game up. Next, I would like to give a <laughs> shout-out to all of the YouTube viewers. Our episode 31 video, where we actually recorded our video, is our most-watched YouTube video, which I guess isn't too surprising, because who wants to stare at a logo for 30 minutes? But uh, I mean, I have. But... I'd also like to give out a <laughs> shout-out to all the people who commented on mm-hmm. the video um, I'm not really sure who all of them are. No, but uh, you know what? We appreciate the support. Ooh. And uh, Paige was one. Well, I know we had Paige, Paige on there. Did Demon. My buddy Demon did. There was one other person. I don't know who the other oh, person boy. was. No, I'm in trouble. Oh, way to go. That's okay. But that's okay. We will be watching the YouTube comments, guys, and uh, we look forward to getting more feedback from you. Um, Paige, since I know you're listening, um, we have to get together for beer sometime. Yeah, might as well put this kegerator to use. I know, right? I'm looking to get a second keg and uh, yeah, another tap. Yeah, tell the tap. listeners about what kind of beer you're hoping to get. Ah, so my good buddy Brian and uh, our other good buddy Joe, because um, I always say Brian. I always, I feel bad. I, I don't mean to exclude Joe because he was the real mastermind here that got Brian into it. Yeah. And um, so they uh, brew beer together. And mm-hmm. so as I said, they got me a smoky Chipotle porter. And the next one I'm having is a peanut butter chocolate stout. Mm. And it just sounds delicious. Because, you know, guys, you get like a... Um, actually, we went out this yeah. past weekend. And we'll go into that. But I got a, a chocolate truffle uh. beer. And it tasted like somebody took a bunch of dirt and just put it in a glass. It was not good. No. Um, it was very heavy and just very earthy tasting. And I just, I didn't love it. Yeah. But I want this to actually be chocolatey and peanut butter. Well, he's going to put the screwball in there. So I think it's yes. going to have that perfect well, peanut butter Well, I don't know. Because he, ju- he just, uh, he told me today that he finished up a, uh, a recipe. Oh. And he wants, and I don't know what's in it yet. Okay. He, he wants he was, you to try it. Yeah, he was musing the idea of using the, okay. uh, yeah. the screwball. So for the second beer, though. I'm going to do something like a, uh, I, I say I, uh, Brian and Joe are going to do something of a red ale for me, because um, I'm not a big fan of IPAs, but yeah, we'll be getting a red ale that'll be like a seven, I would say a anywhere between six to eight percent alcohol, whereas the stout will be another 10% beer, I would say like nine to ten and a half realistically, and uh, so yeah, Paige, we'll have to have you over. 
I was talking to Brian so. too about a beer I would like brewed for me. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be a coffee stout, but he said I can pick whatever coffee flavor <clears throat> I want. Like if I want a French vanilla coffee, Ooh. he could do that. Ooh, that's pretty cool, right? I'd be willing to run that. I figured, but I figure we'll get through your next two first, and then we can <laughs> ponder that a bit more. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's it for our comments that we had this week. Well, don't you want to talk about kind of our where we went this weekend? Oh, I want to talk. I was just referencing our YouTube comments. What did YouTube we do comments. on Saturday? Oh, we hung out with Smandy on Saturday. Yeah. We didn't write that down on the list. No, we did not. We went and we played pool. We did a really bad job playing pool, though. We were very unfocused. <laughs> we had, what, three games, and they yeah. were... Yeah, we all yeah. lost because the other team made an error. Yeah, it was all three <laughs> games. Nobody actually won. I was like, they... First one, Andy scratched on the eight. Yeah, ball. I was like, the third game, I scratched on the and eight The second ball. game, I scratched on the break. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that was yeah really good trio of games, you're guys. you're wondering how good we are at pool. There's <laughs> we're we're regular old pros, you know. Um, and then we tried to go to a different brewery that day. Do you remember that was called Center Street Brewery? Center um, Brewery? Yeah, it was Center Street Brewery in Wallingford, Connecticut. It looked cute in there, but it was too full. It can house up. 12 people. Like, I mean, I'd say there were maybe 20. Yeah, but yeah, it, there was nowhere to sit. It was booked out due to COVID, guys. So it looked like a cool brewery. We can't really tell you much about it because well, we showed up and couldn't even get a beer. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we hang out. We we hung out hang with Sam and Andy. <laughs> and uh, shout out to you guys. I know oh, you guys listen. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills for winning that night. Oh, we did Good watch job, the Bills, Bills that night. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to start having a game night with Sam and Andy. Yeah, that would be fun. So, I hope that goes through. Yeah, don't forget about us, guys. So uh, other than that, then uh, Sunday we went out, and we met up with uh, Brian and Aaron and Sean and Jody, Matt and Deirdre, and Ben and Michelle. And we all went out, and where did we start off with? Urban, Urban Lodge. Lodge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me about it? Um, so Urban Let's... Lodge, Frankie <clears throat> and I got a flight which I don't know why we get flights because we already know what we like there. But they did have a couple new things this time, which was kind of nice. Yeah, we had two beers that we liked that we knew. Yeah. And then uh, what was the, the two new ones? It was Maui, Maui and, and Escape. I liked Escape. Escape was a lot smoother than I thought it would be. They were both far too hoppy for my taste. I mean, they were good beers. They yeah. tasted like an island vacation. So... <laughs> I can't um, complain there. And after that, we went to Elicit, where let me tell you, I've had the best tasting cocktail I may have ever had in my life. It was an apple cider with bourbon in it, and it was so delicious. I think it was spiced apple cider. Yeah. Because it definitely had, like, some cinnamon. It could cinnamon. have even been good if you, like, warmed up the apple cider first. Oh, my God. That would... Mm. I'd be willing to try that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> be trying to make that soon enough. And by we, I mean Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to make it. Um... And I think that was our, our week. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was our week. It was pretty boring. Well, maybe oh, actually, was pretty nice. guys, I had my sleep study I last night. I was going to ask if you wanted to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, I'll bring it up. So um, I get bad sleep, not like um, restless or anything. Do so you guys ever wake up in the morning and just you feel way too sluggish? Yep, that's why I have coffee all throughout the day. <laughs> well, for those of us that can't drink coffee every day, you know, you just suffer through it. And um, so, yeah, I finally broke down, went and saw a sleep doctor. And go figure, apparently my sleep is just A-OK. A-1. Uh, A-1 yeah, sleep. Just perfect. <laughs> and uh, I'll have Olivia upload the photo of oh, yeah, uh, me with all the wires. That. 
Perfect. And uh, guys, I tell you, they wired me up. It was hilarious. And apparently I slept like a baby. But I tell you, when I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning, I felt like death. <laughs> I was like, this was, it was horrible. But uh, I wouldn't say horrible, but it was, it was like a solid 4 out of 10 for sleep. But yeah. at least that's what it felt like. Apparently, I hit every checkbox. I was getting plenty of REM and deep sleep and yeah. whatnot. And I just thought it was fascinating, all the things they put, all the probes they yeah. put on me. So well, That's good. At least you didn't have sleep apnea. Because if you had sleep apnea, I wasn't going to be able to deal with you saying, how do I have sleep apnea? I'm a young, healthy, <laughs> perfectly weighted guy. I shouldn't have it. <laughs> I'm young and skinny. I can't have sleep apnea. <laughs> no, they, they disproved me on that. Apparently, that's you good. can still very much get it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, apparently they were concerned because I have a skinny neck. Oh. Yeah, they, they measured it. I have a 14 and a half inch neck. They say it's more of an issue because your air, airways more yeah, constricted. and they were like, "Oh, well, you have a kind of a skinnier neck for a male, your you know, yeah. for your size." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Clearly, you didn't oh. know in the army you're supposed to have a chunky neck." I know you? I'm supposed to just be slapping your <laughs> traps and get that thick neck going. But all right, you all take right. away your segment. We'll I got start, a short one. We'll start with the doctor segment <clears throat> today. So as always, we'll kick it off with a quick COVID update. I need to come up with a, a fun title for the, the COVID oh, yeah? segment. Yeah, maybe I'll work on that for next week. Pinky's up, guys. Um, so the Johnson & Johnson interim results have been published, at least in like news-like articles. I haven't seen the actual full document anywhere. And they are claiming 90% <clears throat> effectiveness, which would be great because, once again, that's the vaccine you only need one dose for. Um, I will say in the studies that I've been reading, the news articles I've been reading, that they said that 90% is the amount of patients who tested positive for antibodies. Okay. Um, I haven't really seen anything of, like, the placebo group had this many people with symptoms and the treatment group had this many people with symptoms. So I don't know if they're going to try to use antibodies as their endpoint um, or if the FDA is even going to let them do that. Hmm. So, what if people in the placebo group ended up with antibodies because they already had coronavirus? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I don't know. I'm. They'd just be so puzzled. They'd be like, how? How is this possible? Yeah, I'd be interested to see um, what, <clears throat> what the rest of the data is with that study. Um, next, I really considered whether or not I wanted to talk about these two things. And I'll tell you why after I discuss them. And maybe we can have a brief discussion about okay. it. Um, so the first one is that there have been 23 reported deaths in Norway after getting the, I believe it's the Pfizer vaccine. Now that's out of 14,000 people that have been vaccinated there. And these people have all been elderly. Some have already had other um, conditions that may have increased their chance of dying. And in addition, there have been six serious adverse events in California with the Moderna vaccine to the point where they actually recalled a bunch of the vaccine doses and sent them <clears> back to Moderna. Um, that one I'm wondering, and this is being wicked stereotypical, but if you guys remember, Frankie had mentioned last week that a lot of the serious adverse um, events that were happening with Moderna were in people with facial fillers. Yeah. And I would venture to argue that California might have a higher rate of people with facial with fillers. With facial fillers. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering if that's playing a role or not. But um, I guess my reason why uh. I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this was because I don't want to scare people away from getting the vaccine. And I'm worried that when you start to hear something, some of these negative things like those are the only things you're hearing you're not hearing about you know in norway the over thirteen thousand that had a perfectly fine reaction to the vaccine 
However, with that being said, I think the, I knew wor- there was a but. the worst thing that could happen <laughs> is for the media and for your podcast to start censoring information to give you a false sense of security. Mm. So that's why I decided to report it. What do you think? Do you think I'm scaring the listeners from getting the vaccine? No. I think uh, there's a certain amount of risk with everything you do, mm. whether it be a vaccine, uh, electable surgery. I mean... Whenever you're putting a foreign substance in your body, no matter how safe they tell you it is, mm-hmm. you roll those dice. Walking yeah. out your front door every day, you roll those dice. Yeah. I mean, you're just playing the odds. It's life. Yeah. Um, now, if it was outright killing people, like, yeah. you know, if a 1,000 out of 14,000 yeah. died, I'd be like, okay, there's a clear problem here. We need to take that yeah. off. Yeah. But they haven't had time to look into those deaths yet and really yeah. go, oh, hey, was this somebody that... Because I'm assuming if... Um, they're getting the vaccine, then they're part of uh, their special group, right? Yeah, that, th- then the they, elderly group yeah. that was already high risk to begin with. Yeah, so it's already a high risk group. So mm-hmm. maybe their bodies just couldn't handle making the antibodies. Or for all you know, they had some other you know issues going on that was just unaware of that nobody knew about because they were fine up until that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I had that discussion <clears throat> with my mom as far as... Um, the elderly being the population that's probably going to get the vaccine first and therefore all of the data that we're going to get from early kind of administrations of the VIS vaccine is going to be in the elderly population. And I think because of that, we're going to see much higher rates of adverse events, whether it be serious or mild, than we saw in clinical trials where there was a nice span of age ranges. Mm -hmm. And I think that will regulate over time as some younger and healthier people get the vaccines. But I would say to keep that in mind when you're kind of reading these news stories that it is a population already that probably didn't have the strongest immune system and therefore are going to be at a higher risk of experiencing those side effects. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, you get, give it a year before you make any judgment calls. Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, I've ta- I have like a few friends that are running the um, COVID clinics to give out the shots, <laughs> and they've been saying that every young person they've given it to has been totally fine. All the healthcare providers they've been vaccinating, that the only people they've seen that had more serious reactions have been the elderly. That being said, I have heard that it does really make your arm hurt. So I was going to say, I've heard that uh, it feels like you got a bruised arm for a like while. Like I'm not my grandma. Shout out, grandma. Your arms, you're going to be telling me for a month that your arm is sore. I can already hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's that. Next thing is Frankie had asked me a couple episodes ago what it costs to bring a drug from research all the way into marketing once it gets approved. And I found an article that was recently published in JAMA, and it said the median cost is $985 million. And that's actually an undercut from a previous study that had it up into the billions of dollars that it cost. Really? Yeah. So now... Did they state any evidence for the billions one? Um, no, I think that they had just included more factors, like it failing a few times first and stuff like that. Okay. And the other one. Um, so I think this is using more realistic numbers. And I have to remember this is taking it from the time that like a little benchtop scientist is in the lab looking at stuff under a microscope all the way through, you know, your phase three trials once it's in humans. So, so the, the cost is stopping at phase three. Because yeah, you do... Phase four. Oh, phase four. Well, yeah. aren't you like phase four? Or is it yeah. technically... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the research and review mm-hmm. portion after yeah. it's out and about. Um. So yeah, that's a lot of money. And I didn't write this down, but I believe in pharmacy school, we've learned that that usually takes an average of 30 years. 
Yeah, that's about what we saw for uh, the polio vaccine yeah. when we were looking so into that. that. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that took far long. They had a lot of mess ups with that. That took actually probably fifty. Um, I, I looked up how much it cost to make the coronavirus vaccines. I couldn't find anything. I wish I I took a screenshot of it on my phone, but we're currently recording the video on my phone. <laughs> um, the I didn't know this, but the federal government I want I could be getting this reversed, but I'm pretty sure I'm not lying. Gave. A bunch of money to Moderna to do the research. I want to say $1 billion to do the COVID vaccine research. And none to Pfizer slash Biogen. Oh, that's odd. I could really be making that up. So I'll clarify next episode. But I would be surprised if they didn't get something as well or a tax break or something. Yeah, I'm sure they because, got a little something Yeah, out big of it. daddy government, when they need something done, they yeah. start handing out favors like candy. So yeah. they, uh, I'm surprised they would hand out direct funds like too many direct funds yeah. only because yeah they they appropriate enough fun- I say appropriate but they they take funds and uh they set them aside and go oh we'll use this for this mm-hmm. but that only gets so far but then they have back they have like backup things like yeah. tax breaks and yeah you know um but yeah so that's how much it costs the last thing i told you guys last <clears throat> week that i had seen a news article about this paper that was published in the new england journal of medicine um, about vaginal transmission of cancer from mothers with cervical cancer to infants. And I don't know, I just found this very interesting because I was naive to the fact that I guess mothers could pass on cancer to their babies. I knew you could pass on like HIV and bloodstream infections, but I never knew you could pass, pass on cancer. So you want me to tell you a little bit about these two cases? Sure, that's super weird though. That, wicked interesting, It's like right? wicked disturbing that you could <laughs> give someone cancer. So the first thing I would like to say is that this is incredibly rare that a mother would pass on cancer to their baby. Um, It says it occurs in approximately one infant per every 500,000 births. So we're talking fractions of a percent. That still sounds like a lot. Per 500,000? It's like two for every million. Yeah, I know. But here's my thing is how many people are born every day? Um, I don't know, probably a lot. We'll need to figure that out. <laughs> I'm just saying, because that sounds like that could be something that happens. But you, okay, you're saying how many babies that are born every day, but how many of the mothers have cancer? Well, if they're saying it's one in every 500,000. No, they're saying of the... Yeah, that's true. Ah, yeah. <laughs> no, approximately one infant per every 500,000 mothers with cancer. So it's only taking 500,000 of the mothers that have cancer. Not of oh, all the mothers. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I got you. I might have misspoken. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate. Whereas, <clears throat> and okay, here, this kind of answers your question. One out of 1,000 live births involves a mother with cancer. Okay. So that kind of gives you an idea. Anyway, so in this particular, these were just two case studies where they detected it. The mother had cervical cancer and the babies ended up having lung cancer. Um, so they believe what happened was that during birth, the child had aspirated on the way out of their mother and had gotten some of those tumor cells in their lungs. Oh. And so one of the babies, they detected it when they were about two years old, and the other one, they detected it when when they were six years old, and they actually took, like, some mm-hmm. gene sequencing from both the mother's cancer and the child's cancer, and they found that there were pretty similar gene mutations, which led them to believe that it came from the mother, the fact so, that the DNA looks pretty similar. I'm not trying to be, like, super down and out. 
but yeah. like what do what like what do you do? Well, great question, Frankie. So what they um suggest in their discussion section is that if you are a mother, especially with cervical cancer, that you get a C section rather than giving a vaginal birth. So here's my thing again mm-hmm. for the one in five hundred thousand babies here. Yeah. Uh, what do they do for a baby? I'm assuming you're not taking a brand newborn baby and giving them chemo. Well, there are a couple of really interesting things about this. So one of them, the two-year-old, they did not give cancer right away. They wanted to see what happened. And they discussed this a bit more in the or introduction. What did I say? Cancer. cancer. Yeah, yeah they didn't give them cancer right away. <laughs> um, well, they did get cancer right away. They discussed a few other cases in the introduction of the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they find is... Well, to answer your question, yes, they do give the child chemotherapy. He ended up getting chemotherapy well, when he was two. like three. So they waited two or three years, though. Yeah, and the six-year-old got it right off the bat. But I think they just waited because of this thing I'm going to tell you. They've actually found that some of these children that got it from their mother, they spontaneously regressed, meaning without any treatment, the cancer, the tumor actually got smaller. So, And they didn't really give any justification as to why that was happening. I can't help but question if it's just... Sorry to keep interrupting, no, but fine. that, like, it's just a child's body. Children are essentially damaged sponges. Like, you can just, they just walk yeah. stuff off. So that's I mean. what happened with this two-year-old. Actually, at first, in the first few months, they saw that the tumor was actually getting smaller. So I think that's why they held off on the chemotherapy. They thought maybe it was just going to self-resolve. But then within a year later, it got much worse. And they were like, I guess we're going to have to do chemo. So here's my other thing. So baby gets it on day one. Yeah. So they're letting this sit for two well, they, years? they don't know. I think that's another great point is that if you're a mother who does have cervical cancer and you have recently uh-huh. given birth to a newborn, maybe this is something you need to get screened for. So this is an interesting thing with case studies because like here we only have two patients where this happened and this isn't very convincing. You know, maybe this just happened to be a coincidence. When yeah. you do case control studies, for example, somebody taking vitamin D and it helping with their gut issues, nobody's going to do research on that because they don't know that that's a possibility. (laughs) Um, But it's things like this that kind of bring it to the public's attention and get more, I don't know, feed into from the community to research into. Okay. No, that is interesting, Uh, though. But also, I do want to correct myself because I said they give chemotherapy, and maybe I can talk about this a bit more on the um, next pod, especially because I've been wanting to brush up my heme-onc knowledge. But the patients actually get targeted monoclonal antibodies, which is a little different than chemotherapy. They got a drug called Optivo or Nivululum. Well, one sounds like antibodies, (laughs) another one sounds like a radiation beam. Um, yeah, so the, the theory here is that it's going to target the actual cancer better than just like going Molotov on all the cells in your body. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, very interesting. Hope all you right. guys enjoy that. Maybe I'll give you <laughs> a little more cancer info next episode. All right. Well, I guess it's time for the dork segment. Okay. All right, guys, we're back. We had. Uh, they didn't know we some, left. Some technical difficulties. <laughs> The people watching the video will know we left. They're not, because I match. I'm going to trim that to match this. Olivia's got a lot of editing to do tonight, guys. So much editing. So, um, her laptop died. (laughs) Um, you know, that's uh, who doesn't use their laptop charger all day? Well, I do, but I I clearly not. It was down here. Let it be plugged in all day. You're right. It's good to let it be charged, though. 
Are you gonna do the dark segment, or should we just have the? I'm I'm actually now? just really enjoying this right now, so just bear with me. <sighs> That's right, guys. The doctor doesn't know how a computer works with its battery, and if she says otherwise, we got video evidence. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, not when I'm the government and I'm in charge of what gets out to the public. <laughs> All right, guys. Seriously, time for the dork segment. Um, so. Uh, staying with my theme of computers lately, Microsoft wants to make you into a chatbot. Not anytime soon. They're just only going to do it when you die. What is a chatbot? A chatbot. You know, like those weird things online where it's like, oh, talk to a representative now. And mm. like, it has like a, it'll just respond to you. But this chatbot can snuggle with you, right? Uh, no, this is still oh, just a computer Oh, you made it chat. sound like the Black Mirror episode. No, no, no. This won't be like a... a she had the actual human there with her. Well, no. it wasn't really him, but... <clears throat> yeah, no. So this will be like on your computer or on your cell phone. Okay. But they want to take, um, they just actually got the patent for this. Now, that doesn't mean they're building this. That just means they could work on it now. Or maybe they're just trying to prep for when AI takes over in the future. Mm. You know, and people, and there suddenly becomes a market for people wanting their dead relatives in chatbot form. Mm. So, they can take photos of you, videos, voice recordings, um, messaging history, your social media platform, stuff now, like that. Is this going to be all with your consent or basically from here on out if you buy a Windows computer, assume this um, is happening? You're dead, so you don't get consent. I don't think that's true. No, it is. There's We have, so the what most uh, countries out there are really bad about consent after you're dead. Um, I mean, unless if I have you, a medical patient and they die, I'm not allowed to go around and start telling everybody that they died and everything that happened. Mm, yeah, but after they died, maybe not immediately, maybe but just afterwards. Maybe medical stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm still not. Even after. Even it, after they died. Like a month after they died. Yes. Correct. But it's already well known. So that not seems dumb. It's well known maybe that they died, but not everything that caused their death. Oh, but that they died. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, yeah, but they also don't get consent on anything. You can the dead person unless you explicitly leave stuff in your will that says, "Hey, you know, I want to be cremated or buried." Like people can just do what they will with you after you die. Sure. If you don't leave a will, you're free game. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they uh they a relative of yours or a lover, friend, whatever can take all your info, give it to Microsoft, and they will be able to make a two D or three D rendition of you. Now, if I give them your stuff, how much money do they pay me to give up that stuff? They probably don't. You oh. probably pay them to put in the work to make me a robot. Lame. So, yeah, I'm trying to have Not like six it. arms and uh, yeah, I'm, like trying to be like. Well, you're like just going to be a chat bot. You're not going to be a real bot. No, but I could be like a... I can uh, call you up and say, Hey, Frankie, can yep. you teach me how to use the air fryer? And he'll <laughs> say, No, I don't know how to. No, use your degree for that. <laughs> <laughs> say, Don't you have your doctorates? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I think it's really interesting that Microsoft patented that. I mean, again, they don't have to use it. They could sell it to another company in the future. Mm. Um, it could be they're just kind of like uh, the big web handle grab. You know, where everyone was making or, you know, patenting web addresses and then selling them before companies got big and started doing that themselves. So you could get, you know, Yahoo.com before Yahoo was a thing. And then Yahoo would have to pay you some exorbitant amount of money. Exuberant? Exorbitant? Well, this still happens with certain web domains. Yeah. So, but yeah, the whole domain wars thing that went on. But yeah, same thing. All right. So moving on. 
PS5 scalpers, guys. I'm still stuck on this. I don't have a PS5. I've kind of given up all hope. Um, so, apparently in the UK, they had a restock. And apparently Sony has been trying to mitigate this. How, I don't know. I haven't been able to read anything on how they're trying to mitigate it. But um, some scalper bot called Carnage Bot, who is ran by a team of people, they have their own Twitter account, um, was literally bragging that uh, just the other day when the UK got a restock, they managed to purchase 2,000 PS5s within the first few seconds of them releasing online. You know what I'd like to know? I wish they would... Um, Who has that kind of money? I wish they'd tell the public like one what websites they went to do this on and which ones work. Because I want to know if there were any sites they went to and tried it and their bot coding didn't work. Because if so, that's where I would like to buy some stock in their company because obviously their cybersecurity and, you know, screening is doing yeah. a good job. No, it, they didn't say any of that. Like, who is... Because I, I think it's Walmart Target. and Target and GameStop. I think they're all susceptible to it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, the bots have won out yet again. Um, stop buying from them. Let the scalpers waste their money. Sony will eventually make enough consoles when they realize that scalpers have piles of these things laying around and mm. nobody's playing on the PS5, but they're selling all these consoles. No, the issue is all of you non-scalpers who are buying it from the scalpers, you're just as much as of the issue. Yeah, you're literally... Apparently, they're saying some of these scalpers have literally made millions off of this. Well, if you're buying 2000 and then selling it for... Double. Well, they're, they're doubling the price on yeah. a lot of them, which I, I can't believe people are falling for that. I mean, just wait, guys. You know, Sony will catch up eventually. Same with Microsoft. I mean, they're getting the same thing right now with the Xboxes. Mm -hmm. Scalpers are picking them up faster Why than you can buy them. Why don't they just do it everything in person? I feel like by, I know that's really old school of me to say. But they like, would, except coronavirus. Oh. The stores yeah. don't want people in them. You set up oh. a reservation to come pick up your PS5. Yeah. Well, also, why can't they just... Well, I'm <clears throat> sure they even might be doing this. Why can't they do, like, max three per order? Well, the bot the can bot get in there. the bot cycle in faster? The bot is just going to reorder, a, yeah. you know, a couple hundred times and get all the things it needs. So, but yeah, it's still a really big problem. Um, so, yeah, kind of down and out about that. But it is what it is. Still rocking my PS4. Sure would be a shame if the... U SPS guy just happened to have a bad day and destroy a boatload of PS5s during his delivery. <laughs> almost be like, karma happened. <laughs> all right. So next, guys. Um, we all have them. We all hate them. We all love them. Phone games. Just saying. Um, I just would like to pause you right there. What? And I'd like to have a humble brag about something. Yeah. I'm better at like every phone game than you are. Um, you play one phone game. Tetris and 2048. I'm way better than you. All right, that. valid. <laughs> Two phone games. All right. So, yeah, those are, as you guys heard, Olivia is big on 2048. I tried. I suck at it. It is what it is. I just, I can't, I, I just, I'm terrible at it. Um, and she kills me in Tetris as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but, um, some games that I do love, tower defense games, guys, I can't get enough of them. Um, and there are three of them that I currently have on my phone. Bloons is a tower defense game? Yeah, Bloons Tower Defense 6. It's I don't understand what a tower defense is. So, tower defense is you have. Is this like a laser tag where you have your. No, that's all right. That's how I imagine it. So, you have a portal where enemies spawn. Mm -hmm. You have a tower where your hearts exist, your okay. life. It's yeah. your life. Mm -hmm. All right. 
and you have to stop the portal enemies from getting to your tower okay. or you know to your uh, base sure all right so you set up all kinds of different towers in between there to stop them all your towers have different abilities they can be leveled up they do different things they have some of them work better together some work better alone they all have different attributes, and it takes time to figure all that out. Okay. Um, some of the more complex tower defenses involve a bit more strategy, and your maps change. Um, you know, they could have different enemies, different maps. They, they change a lot of stuff. They change right. the speed, okay. the strength, okay. um, <laughs> lost interest. I get it. <laughs> but, so, uh, recently I picked up um, Infantoad 1. So Infantoad 1 is a... Uh, What's re- up with you and these toad and frog and tortoises? tortoises all right, you get out of here. It's not a toad game, all right? So it's a tower defense game. But for us iOS players, a.k.a. iPhones, they only have Infantoad 1. Um, Infantoad 2 will be out, I believe it's in March or April. Um, for everyone else that plays on their phone, it's released already. So Google phones... Uh, Android phones, um, computer players, basically anybody else who what has... What about the China Yahweh or whatever Huawei? Um, yeah, they already have it. Mm. So, But it'll be releasing for iOS in a couple of months. Um, but Infantoad 1 is available on all phones. Um, so definitely, it's an old game. I want to say it's about four or five years old. Might even be more. It might be closer to six, actually. Um, but still a lot of fun to play. It doesn't require you to spend any money on it. You can just set up and play and go from there. And uh, the first one's really more of like a um, really a diehard tower defense game, whereas the second one has a lot more strategy to it. There's uh, more more you can do, I guess, in the second one. But it was vastly improved upon the first one. Second game, guys, Bloons Tower Defense Six. I've been playing Bloons Tower Defense since it was on was it congregate games i think it was which is an old gaming site when i used to play in school on my computer and not do school work um yeah i want to say it was congregate games but needless to say it is a fantastic game uh it is monkeys popping balloons what is better than that it's oddly satisfying they have all kinds of great graphics tons of monkeys tons of superpowers Literally, I think close to a hundred different maps. Um, you have to pay for the game. I want to say it's four ninety nine, um, but definitely a well worth it game. I've had it for a couple of years now, and I love it. Mm. It's definitely one of those. I'll go months without playing it. Fire it up, and it'll just scratch that itch for me. And uh, yeah, I like it. Um, last one, my Fred Demon Hunter. Um, he turned me on to it. Um, did I say Fred? Mm, friend. I think I, I meant to say friend, but I feel like I said friend. Yeah, I heard friend, but... Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, Demon Hunter turned me on to this game the other day. Um, it's called Random Dice. Now, I've seen ads for this game, like, all over the place in other games. And uh, I always think that they're, like, some chintzy, stupid game that I'd never pick up. But he told me about it, and I went, ah, interesting. So it's a competitive uh, tower defense game. Um, it's actually a lot of fun. I Again, you don't have to put any money into it. You will suck at it for quite a while until you start to understand it. I've only been playing for three days, and I'm awful. So I basically get my butt kicked all the time, but I do have fun. Um, but every time I get stuck against somebody that clearly puts money into the game, I just get crushed. Hmm. And I'm like, oh. Because basically it's 
they spawn uh, monsters on either side. Well, just blocks, really. Um, and basically, for every one of them I kill, it spawns one on your side, and every one that you kill spawns one on my side. But my opponent can kill them a lot faster, and I just get swamped and lose in, like, two seconds. But, mm. yeah, it is what it is. But that's all I got for you guys. Those are my phone games that I'm playing. If you guys have any phone games you're addicted to, except for Candy Crush, I hate that game, um... Let me know what it is, because uh, I'm always looking for... Where can they write an email to? To drandork at gmail.com. Nice. Um, or you can reach us on YouTube. I'll be in the comments, guys. Olivia won't. She doesn't like comments. No, I do the emails. Frankie does the YouTube yeah, comments. I'm all up in those comments. So. I do the Instagram, too. But, uh, all right, guys. That's all I got. All right. So, as Frankie said, send us an email at drandork at gmail.com. No abbreviations. Spell out the and. Go follow us on Instagram at Dr. Andork. Go leave us a five-star review and write a wonderful comment about us on Apple Podcasts. Go listen to us on Spotify, even though you can't really leave us a review, because I bet the more listens we get, the more people it suggests it to, or maybe not. Either way, why don't you do it? But thank you again, Ron, and thank you, Don, for having awesome friends. Yes. So If you're interested in being a guest on The Doctor and the Dork, Feel free to give us an email. Episode 40 is coming up. Episode 50, I think we're going to have to have a big episode. And our one-year anniversary is only 20 weeks away for the podcast. That is true, guys. Who knows what we're going to do? Who knows? Certainly not us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you at episode 33. Later, everybody.